Oh, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Are you ready? Maybe. I'm serious. Are you ready? Sure. Here it is. That's right, college football. I'm not done yet. Guess who's got goosebumps? And if you're a Spartan fan, I love you too. No, I'm, you don't. Yes, I do. I am. I that actually. You know what? Fine. Give me. I when we come back from break, I will at some point today. I will play the Spartan song. Ohio State, not gonna happen. Spartan, yeah, I'll play you. You're in Michigan. One of us has to take down Ohio State. Football season. That's right. I'm excited. And so are you. Don't even say you're not. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. This is how their stuff starts? I don't win any games. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. I apologize that your eardrums probably just got blown out. They did not. Yes, they. that was a little loud. It wasn't. What yes. did I promise before the break? That you'd play the Michigan State fight song. But not Ohio State. Well, duh. Why is their fight song so much quieter? Okay, because you just turned it down. <laughs> Come on. All right. I got to tell you, I didn't know you guys had... No offense. I didn't know there was words to this song. There's words to every fight song. Whoa, 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 whoa. Every fight song. Yeah, I'm fairly certain With every fight song Unequivocally, has... you don't think there's a single fight song in the history of the world that doesn't have words. Maybe for the school of the deaf? I don't know. That would be weird. What do they do? Sign? Sure. Sign and hum? Yes. <laughs> oh, you can't see me signing. You're on the radio. Right. All right. Anyway, let's get on okay. with this show. Someone's excited football starting in a month. Yes, I'm excited. I am ecstatic. Right. You know, I, no, I don't want to go on the rabbit trail, but it, it is far more than just playing the sport because I was a college athlete 
and somebody whose career ended in many injuries and have and I've got lasting effects from it. He's practically an old man at this point. I might as well just get him a wheelchair now. But the, first of all, the the lessons <laughs> the fact that you're not offended by that is funny. I'm not the lessons it taught me though. And the, I'm gonna tell you what there in sports, people act like there's race. I'm telling you right now, there's no race in sports because in a team sport, you will get pushed to the brink. You will get pushed physically well past anything you ever thought you could do. And when that teammate of yours picks you up and helps you through whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, it's not white or black or brown or green or whatever other color. Purple. It's not. I know, but I don't think you want to go down that rabbit hole right now. No, I don't. (laughs) Because I'm going to then get off on this whole transfer stuff and I don't want to do that. So today we're going to talk about... We are going to kind of talk about that, I suppose, though. We're talking about kind of... Schools. Well, yeah, and and we, there's a lot of race issues right now going on. Mm-hmm. I am not stepping my... I'm not dipping my toe into that pool. Nope. But I got to tell you, I think it's more than a race conversation. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's more of a class conversation. Right. Because statistically speaking, a lower... In the lower socioeconomic, meaning like... um. Lower levels of income and wealth. Mm-hmm. It's more minority driven. Right. And this show, today's episode, and probably none of our episodes for that matter, I, I, maybe someday, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say, here's why it's minority driven. Of course, there's, I can give you my off the cuff and, and what I learned in school and what I remember. And everyone has probably a different opinion on why you go into depressed areas and it's minority driven. But that's just the reality. But hear me out. Because it's going to be more important than that. I, I think right now it's a it's a class divide. Right. We're talking about school systems, not sports. Since I'm, I'm talking about in so- society that. right now. These, right. these protests, it's more of a class thing than a race thing, my opinion. But going to school, right? Mm-hmm. So... I was driving in our neighborhood the other day. It was during the the day, um, and I and I I had to go into um, uh, the Harbor Town condo area too for something. Right. I have never seen more kids during the day. <laughs> well, they're only in school like two days a week right now. Yeah, this whole well, don't worry. Uh, they they're they're you know they're social being, distancing and it's no big deal. No, they're all hanging out on the days they don't physically have to be at school. Yeah. Hey, mom and dad, if your kid is at home. Put a little GPS tracker on them. They're walking around during the day. I've seen them. Right. And they're not socially distant. I've never seen this many kids outside. Good news, PE is now apparently the most uh, popular subject in school. Considering the fact that they're one of the, we are one of the more obese countries in the world, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Okay. I, I was being facetious because they're walking and messing around. They're not running. They're not throwing a football. But they're not in the basement playing video games. Not the ones I saw, but <laughs> two-thirds probably are. Anyway, so, back to school. Class divide. We go to lower socioeconomic areas right now. and It's probably a disaster. What's happening, right? Are most of those kids going to in-person learning? Probably not. They're probably at home. I think this is going to widen this gap. I know... 
Our, our kids, our, our oldest didn't work well in the public school setting. No. He challenged things in a way he shouldn't. Correct. And he was able to disappear when he wanted to. Well, maybe not when he wanted to for most of the day and kind of do whatever he wanted to. Well, and part of the problem was is he was in just based off of the neighborhood that we lived in. He was in the lower socioeconomic elementary school. Yeah, and, and I think that it made it easier for him to kind of do whatever he wanted to do for a while because they were overwhelmed in that school. Correct. And then later on, though, if he wanted to do what he wanted to do and he was noticed for it, then he got corrected for it and it just didn't work. It just didn't and work. then he didn't handle it well. No. We'll just say he did not handle it well. But I, I have a, a client who's a teacher and I, well, I guess I'll say in Whitehall. And he told me, now this is just what he shared with me, and, I, and I've got a, a bunch of clients who are teachers, and, and I've heard similar sentiments to this a few times. He said, Mike, about half of my kids, because I think of Whitehall like Lake Michigan Whitehall. Right. I don't think of rural Whitehall. Right. Farm Whitehall. Yeah, you've got Whitehall by the lake, and you've got Whitehall out in the sticks. Yeah. And he goes, half of my students, now he's in um, elementary school. He said, half of my students probably don't have internet. Right. And he goes, out of the half that do, there's probably two to three kids in the house. Right. He goes, and there's one computer. And right. I go, come on. There's more than one computer. He goes, yeah, there's a computer, there's an iPhone, and there's a tablet. He goes, I can't keep these kids. I, I don't know if he said I can't. He goes, I, I struggle to keep their attention. Well, right, because let, let's be honest. Face to face. Our now second grader. Mm-hmm struggle bus hardcore for computer learning yeah our now pre-k kid school didn't happen last spring for basically him basically not like mm-hmm. it was i wish we could say it did but it, it didn't it didn't you get that kid on a computer and i'd be on a computer for 10 hours a day with him to try to get through the five lessons he had because yeah. that kid has add like it's nobody's business and i heard that was similar with a lot of kids and you know the way he put it made a lot of sense to me he goes mike we have a hard enough time keeping their attention face to face when i can see them drifting off right now you want it to be on a six and a half inch screen? Where there's probably not as much monitoring as what there is in the middle of a classroom? Right. Well, not at all. Well, because... And, they're, and I get it. They're making the best... Uh, by the way, I'm not faulting teachers right now at all. No, it's not their fault. They don't have a choice. They're making the best of what the situation. What I'm trying to say is that this will be a further widening, a further increase of the gap between those with some money... And those without. Right. And one of the things we got to be careful with is sometimes we get to do, we, we have extra. Not mm-hmm. you and I. We do, but a lot of people. Right. And we have extra. We have extra money. We have extra opportunities. And it's maybe, I don't want to say self-serving. It it's, feels good sometimes. It feels good and satisfying and gratifying to sometimes say, yeah, but I worked really hard hard so my kids could do x y and z right i you know we we went without we did this or we did that so they could have blah Mm -hmm. and that's largely true and sometimes we see somebody who does nothing and then they have nothing and you go well you don't do anything what did you expect right that's not necessarily true but we have been blessed i am moving office buildings there happens to be an office with a room attached right. that doesn't go anywhere. And my dad looked at me and goes, this is your office because you can lock your kids in that room and nobody can hear them. 
But yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, though, it's it's easy sometimes to be like, "Well, I got this because here's what I did," and and there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who work really hard, maybe even harder. Just doesn't the chips don't fall in the right spot. Yeah. So we're talking about schooling today. I saw this documentary on Netflix of all things. The, I mean, what Netflix often considered like a, a liberal source of media, right? Am I wrong? Right. I, I, in general, your mom thinks so because she stopped watching it because of the Obama documentary. But <laughs> that's your mom. <laughs> it can be. I mean, I sometimes feel like they do an okay job of both ends of the spectrum, but whatever, doesn't matter. I saw a documentary. It was titled "Sweden Lessons for America." Question mark. Technically. Oh, I guess. Uh, Lessons you, for America. I should have done the inflection. Yes. All right, let me try it again. Sweden. Because there's also a semicolon here. Sweden. Lessons for America? <laughs> right. And it's an economist. His name is something Swedish, like Johan Nor... Oh, there it is. I did, oh, it's, I had it. It's Johan Norberg. What? They you don't say the J. It's not Johan? It's Johan Norberg. Oh, he would be really mad if I met him. I would call he him Johan. but... Johan here... <laughs> He gives us an example of what happened in Sweden. Sweden uh, went from a capitalist country. Yep. To And by the way, did you know capitalist doesn't actually mean uh, like for profit? The definition of capitalist originally in economics was somebody who adds capital to a company. Yeah, I feel like I knew that. Okay. Consergy. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, and they let's preface this with they delve into the healthcare system. Yep. They they delve into more than just education. But they they go into education here. It's about halfway through. Right. And well, you know what? Let me preface this before we dig into it, because I've been having this conversation a lot with my clients mm-hmm. and people that I, I get to talk to, and it's more of a a back and forth conversation. But it's this. There's, they're going to talk about a voucher system in here. Right, which is what people are not happy with Secretary DeVos about. Among many things. Well, yeah. Well, yeah but, we won't so dive this, into that. So this voucher system, here's the biggest, the biggest negative against it. Mm-hmm. What is it? That, like in America? Yes. That then people are just going to leave the public schools. It'll kill they're the public. Bu- they're going to use the voucher to go to a private school. And here's my question for you. If we gave people the choice to use their tax dollars to go to either public or private, if that led to a mass exodus from public schools, what does that tell us? It's not necessarily about the money. This was a rhetorical question. It's about the fact that the education is not that great in public schools right now. I'm sorry. Or, no, I don't want to say that. Because there's a lot of really hardworking people. What that a, a more positive way to say that would be that people, if there would be a mass exodus, if we gave you, if you could go to private school for free by reassigning your tax dollars, and you would choose that over public, that's saying you believe private school is superior from an educational standpoint. Correct. And I wasn't saying that there are not hardworking teachers in the public sector that are going through a rough area. You can only do so much with the amount of funding you have. Right. Well, so and it doesn't mean that you're I, a bad teacher because you are in the middle of Flint where they have nothing. I, I was trying to put a positive spin. Yes. In addition to that, though, so if that's what it's meant, that if we go to a voucher that people are going to leave the public schools in such a way that it will decimate the infrastructure, here's the fundamental problem I have with that. 
Like a huge problem. In general, who makes more money? Public school teachers or private school teachers? Public school teachers. So private school teachers make less in right. general. And so while paying the the people who administer the treatment, right? Mm-hmm. The education. Right. So the people who actually deliver the goods by paying, somehow public private schools have been able to figure out how to pay them less. And get better more. results. Yeah. Because everything's based off of testing, which by the way, I think is also dumb, but we won't go down that rabbit hole either. No, we won't. So let's dig, we got a couple minutes. Let's dig into this documentary real quick. In 1992, Sweden switched to a school voucher system, which allows all parents to make the decision of which school is best for their child. One of the things that I found interesting in this documentary was when Senator Bernie Sanders was running, Mm -hmm. he often used Sweden as an example of why socialism works. Right. Which, by the way, this documentary is technically from two years ago. But he talks about how they went socialist and went back. And there were some things, once you provide it, you can't really take back. Right. So then they tried to essentially privatize it. Right. It actually used to be the cafeteria where we had meatballs all the time. That actually has nothing to do with what I want to talk about. But does no one else find that funny? That the fourth grade class is now the cafeteria? No, no, no. Used to be the cafeteria? Nope, nope, nope. You missed it. Yeah, You totally missed. Watch this. It actually used to be the cafeteria where we had meatballs. What did they have? Meatballs. Where? In the cafeteria. In what country? Sweden. Swedish <laughs> meatballs? Come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> you did, that just cracked me up. Why you guys listen to this, I'll never know. You just laughed. You found that funny too. <laughs> All right, let's go back to it. This talks about how it's important. Uh, they're talking about is choice important? And he's actually talking to students right now. It's important because it's your life. And and if you're not mature enough to decide yourself, then your parents should have the opportunity to, to choose for you. Whatever side of the aisle you're on, I think it's really hard to deny that choice is important. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the times when we say choices, maybe not as important, it's because we feel like some people are presented that choice and some aren't. Right. And when we're going to take a break. When we come back, though, we're going to play a little bit more of this. And it talks about how wealth provides a choice. And I, you know what? From somebody who's been able to use that, we've been very fortunate that we could change schools mm-hmm. and essentially pay for it twice. Right. But that's not available to everyone. Oh, absolutely and and, and By the way, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not <laughs> advocating for it to be a socialistic um, system either. So right. bear with me. Let's take a last break. And then we'll be right back. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Okay, and we're back for the final segment here of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. It's a pleasure. I, I know I say this all the time, but it, it really is a pleasure to be with you. Every episode. Whatever, it is. I'm, I'm very, you know, I am thankful. It always goes too fast. It does go too fast, <laughs> and I'm thankful for this opportunity. 
And you know, I, and I, there's far more in this video that I'd like to share. The point that I'm trying to make here, though, is that I'll, there are opportunities that we're afforded because we work hard. Right. There are opportunities that we get afforded because we get lucky. Absolutely. There are opportunities you get afforded because of where you live. There are opportunities you get afforded because God is good. Right. There's things that happen that just happen. Right. Some of those things happen because of what you did. A lot of those things happen because things... It just happened. And so when I when I watched this probably a year ago, it didn't change my view on all right, let's just give everyone something because that doesn't work. If if you could just split resources and it, and it worked, there'd be hard to make an argument against it, but it doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't. The fact that you, you, you can be asked to do three times as much as somebody else and then get the same, it's not going to work. Right. It never has. No. It, it disincentivizes. Right. Incentivizes? Disincentivizes. <laughs> That's a word. I don't know that. that yeah, no. In your head, maybe. It works for me. But when I thought about this, and this is something that just kind of ate away at me, that everyone pays for education. If Well, you do. Well, you do. It comes unless out of you your live, taxes. Unless you live in a box. So you, some people are saying right now, well, Mike, if they don't own a house, they don't pay property tax. Right. The property tax is paid by the property owner, and the property owner is factored in the property tax into the rent. Right. Everybody pays something into the school systems. Everybody but millennials because they're living in their parents' basements. Okay. (laughs) But here's, as we go into this, they they talk about profit. And one of the problems people have with a voucher system, with the uh, school of choice, with private schools, is that it becomes a profit center. Well, it becomes a business. Correct. Cause private companies to cut back on quality. They said profit, we interrupted. Profit will make private companies pull back on quality. I think this feeling that the only way to make a profit would be to lower the quality, which of course in the rest of of our world, we tend to think it's opposite. That the biggest risk for for low quality is when you can't make ends meet. You think about that. What happened to the US automakers in the 80s? They went to low quality Right. That didn't lead to more profit. No, it didn't because that led to more lawsuits because cars kept blowing up. And less sales. Right. Chrysler, without Lee Iacola, was gone. Right. Once you have introduced a system where parents can send their kids to any school they want in any neighborhood in a different city, is that it's extremely difficult to roll such a reform back. So they said, what they're talking about there, and they talked about in healthcare and a few other things, is when they went socialist, taking stuff back away was really difficult. Right. Now, in here, you were talking about in the break about a wait list and how some of these people sign up when their kid's like one or two years old. And regardless, go ahead. I think the probably some sort of a superintendent or something of the school, I can't remember what her title was, but she said, here's the deal. We have a wait list. Mm -hmm. People, if they want their kids to come to our schools, which it's uh, the... English internet international English school I believe yeah but it was like um, Escogan or something right like well that. it was in Swedish <laughs> do you think they, they spell st- meatballs the same in Swedish? probably not but you digress she said they have now like 30 some odd schools yeah 34 yep they grew 34 schools after this whole 
school of choice thing took off voucher system took off and they have a wait list that wait list is not determined by your status in society or by how much money you have that wait list is determined by the time that you were put on it (laughs) so you could be richer than rich but if you're number 100 on the list you wait until number 100 i know why this doesn't work Hollywood would have a fit. <laughs> yes, this is step yes, by step full house lady. Would be mad. She'd be a lot wealthier. Okay, well, she's not in step by step, but yes, very upset. <laughs> now, anyway. Now, one of the misconceptions there, though, is earlier they said most of their schools, the tuition is covered by the voucher. Right. Which still means there is a, cap- a higher level yeah, there's still, where you can add into said pool. There is still a capitalist nature where you can add to it. Right. All right, let's go back because we're running out of time. There's been a lot of conversation in the United States about alternative models in schools and so on. But there are a lot of very strong special interests that have opposed a school choice, for example, in the U.S. <laughs> Hollywood. A part of this national conversation that Sweden had was to say, okay, we will provide state funding to make sure everyone gets an education. But it doesn't follow that the government is the best provider that we shall assign students to where they have to go. All right, so I heard that, you know what, the first time I heard that, here's what I heard. Hmm. Socialist. Right. But wait a minute, don't we already provide state funding? Yes. It's already get state funding. It's already government provided care or education. Right. I loved that line, though, that said, just because the government's going to chip in for it, because, again, you're paying for a chunk with your taxes as well, mm-hmm. doesn't mean, though, that the government's the best place to also administer that product or service. Correct. You know, here's the thing. If what's going on right now is more of a class divide than a race issue, because we know in the lower socioeconomic areas, the more depressed areas tend to be more heavily populated with minority populations. Yep. True? Yeah. Fact? Absolutely. Then if you want to fix that, if you want to make it better, is there a single argument that you can make that education, higher levels, now not bringing down levels of education in like an East Grand Rapids, Right. Because one of the points that are made is, yeah, if you're wealthy, you can choose to move into those areas. It's not about bringing down the quality there. It's a matter of bringing up the quality of education that everybody has access to. Right. Is there any argument that our society would be worse if everybody had a higher level of quality of education? No. It would make it better. And is there any argument that if you could do that for what we were already spending, we shouldn't? No. Where do we rank in the world in a lot of K through 12? And and we don't have time to actually bring it up. But Not great right now. Yeah. We're not good at all. I, I think there's some areas where we're pretty good, but we're one of the most developed countries, wealthiest nations in the world. I'm not saying redistribute wealth. I'm not saying take away from group a and give it to group b i'm saying the way we're doing it doesn't work right and i'm saying that i feel sometimes i know that we've been fortunate that we were able to give our children an opportunity that others aren't able to do and i know that with them going to private school they're in in in-person learning we don't have to worry about this 
remote learning thing where you learn on a three and a half inch screen. Right. They're there for their normal school day, five days a week. And I, and I question the fact, and I'm baffled by the fact, and if you've got answers, to this, tweet us. I'm not saying I'm an expert here. I'm just trying to promote some questions on this that says, wait a minute. If you can pay people less and achieve a higher level of education, why? Right. Is it just that smarter kids, parents with dumb kids don't spend the money to send them to, to expensive schools? Is it that parents only spend the money to send their kids to schools when they when they're intelligent? No, because that's been proven time and again that there are parents with a lot of money who send their really unintelligent children to private schools and get them out of a lot of uh, trouble. Case in point, look at the step-by-step lady. <laughs> Her kids were morons. Full house. Susan Actually, I Sarandon don't... would not be very happy that you keep condemning think... her to prison with Lori Loughlin. <laughs> Susan Sarandon? What is she, 80? That's not Susan Sarandon. You're thinking of the thigh master lady. Suzanne Summers. Ha! Same thing. All right, we're out of time. Blonde. There you go. <laughs> I hope we just raised some questions. That's it. That's all, all we're trying to do. And I want to know, are Swedish meatballs spelled in Swede? Like Swedish meatballs. Mm-hmm. On that note, we've run out of time. It is our pleasure. Till next week, we are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.